do not adjust your streaming devices. You have tuned into the right place. And what's that? That's kicking out at two. I'm your host, Dave Rosenbluth, and we are giving you part two of our Royal Rumble runner-up retrospective. It's called Second Place is the First Loser. Last week, Chris Donovan and I, we sat down and we broke down all the Royal Rumble runners-up from 2003, or excuse me, from 1988 to 2003. This week, we're going to cover 2004 to 2018. We're going to discuss the likes of The Big Show, John Cena, Randy Orton, The Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, Santino Morella, Chris Jericho, Ryback, Roman Reigns, Rusev, Dean Ambrose, and Nikki Bella. Yeah, that's right. We're going to go coast to coast from 2004 to 2018 this week here on Kicking Out of Two. But before we do all that, allow me to remind you guys that we are on social media. We are on Facebook and Twitter. So if you want to be a part of all the fun that's going on over there, you can hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Kicking Out of Two. Hit the like button if you have not already. If you have hit the like button, then please, by all means, you'll be doing other retro throwback pro wrestling fans a great disservice if you do not tell them to join this page and, and be a part of all the fun i'd like to create a a positive atmosphere and a really cool um environment for uh, wrestling fans that want to talk about their childhood as wrestling fans growing up and all the cool things that we all experienced as wrestling fans um, and even talk about some of today's stuff even though this show is basically a retro show we can talk about today's current product I really don't care um, you know all bets are off when it comes to kicking out it too that's for sure but uh, yeah be sure to do that hit the like button tell a friend to hit the like button and be a part of all the fun over there and uh, you know if, if you are a social media uh traveler if you if you you do more than just facebook uh we don't have an instagram yet but we're getting there we'll we'll eventually make an instagram but we have a twitter and our handle is at kicking out two k-i-c-k-n-o-u-t and the number two help us uh build a following over there because uh, it's not as strong as facebook but i'd like for it to be um if twitter is your thing uh, like I said, give us a follow. Tell someone to give us a follow. We do the same kind of fun things over on uh, Facebook. Um, I try to differentiate a little bit as, as to what I post on there. Um, then, then Facebook, I'll post more of those GIFs or GIFs or whatever you want to call them. Um, yeah, I do that sort of thing. So, uh, you know, be on the lookout over at Twitter for that. Um, I, I amuse myself. I Like I said, I don't have many follows over there, but, you know, Help, help a brother out. Help me out and help make the Kicking Out of Two Twitter as strong as the Kicking Out of Two Facebook page. So now that I've trudged through a social media plug, um, before we get into this week's topic, before Chris joins me, uh, I wanted to uh, briefly give you guys um, my take on some events that had taken place earlier this week in the world of professional wrestling. Yes, that's right. It is week number two. Two weeks in a row with another roll call. Um, like I said, this isn't a weekly thing, and it's only when I really want to get some stuff off my chest. And um, it's, this week's not going to be as long as last week, but um, let's just get into it. First things first, um, last week I talked about the launch of All Elite Wrestling. And the minute All Elite Wrestling launched, there was a big buzz, and a lot of people are talking about it. And it's now gotten to the point where it's you know almost uh, 
it's almost uh, you know nauseating to hear people talk about it because they're already predicting the company's future. They haven't even put out their first show yet, and they're already predicting the downfall of Big Bad WWE uh, because um, Chris Jericho and the Young Bucks and Cody and all these guys want to uh, you know shake things up in the business. Um, I'm like I said, I'm excited for the prospects of it, but I am not going to. Go back in in my, uh, my my way back machine, so to speak, and travel back to the the mid to late nineties in hopes that we get another war amongst ourselves um, with with WWE and another major rival company. Um, time will tell, but I'm very optimistic and positively optimistic that uh, this is going to be a successful endeavor um, between you know the guys from the elite and the Khan family, uh, Tony Khan. Uh, is the executive vice president and uh, CEO of uh, All Elite Wrestling, and uh, with help from his father, um, they have uh, they financially backed this endeavor that Cody and the Bucks um, are are taking us wrestling fans on. So, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm looking forward to going along for the ride, but I'm not going to sit here and say that um, they're gonna it's going to be an instant success whatsoever. I, I hope for the best, and it's just another place for guys to work and more wrestling for me to watch. So, at the end of the day, me the wrestling fan, I win. Bottom line, that's it. I win. So, um, you know, I'm tired of uh, of having to try and bring logic and reason to some wrestling fans out there who want to overhype it and turn it into the second coming of WCW or ECW or whatever the case may be. Um, I'm, I'm done talking that logic. Uh, I'm just uh, I'm sitting back and I'm enjoying the ride and enjoying the, the process that these guys are going to take us fans through. So that's that when it comes to um, the overhype uh, and uh, constant... Uh, What's the best? Well, I'll just keep it at that. It is constant overhype from fans that, that just want to talk about AEW and the success that it's going to have and how WWE is going to fall to their knees because Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks and the Khan family are bringing competition to them. I'm done talking about that with you people. So that's that. Um, on, on, the, on the front of watching some good wrestling this week, um, I sure as hell did. And uh, I, I got a chance to watch the, uh, the, the NXT UK TakeOver from Blackpool on Saturday. I watched it live. Um, it's funny. I didn't even get a chance to, uh, to, to um, finish watching some of the New Japan stuff. I had every intention Saturday to watch it. And um, I was on social media and I was getting ready to log off my Facebook. And all of a sudden I saw someone check in and say that they were watching NXT TakeOver Blackpool. And I was like... Oh, I forgot about that. Let me go put that on. And I, I wasn't disappointed. I certainly wasn't. I got to watch the whole thing from start to finish live, and it was an awesome show. Um, the UK crowds are always fun to, to watch on TV. Sometimes the chants can be a little bit obnoxious, and that's not any disrespect intended to fans over in the United Kingdom. I have listeners over in the United Kingdom. I don't want them to take that um, and, uh, you know, I don't want you guys to take offense to it by any means, but um, sometimes it can be distracting to the action in the ring. That that That's probably the best way I could put it. However, your passion is there. I love that and respect that. And sometimes it translates very well on TV, and sometimes it can be distracting. But for the most part, it brought a great atmosphere to the Empress Ballroom in Blackpool. I thought it was a, a, a really fun show. Um, my biggest takeaways were probably, um, you know, all the matches were great. Um 
I, 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 I can't say uh, that there was a bad match on the card, but re- what really stood out to me was um, the tag team title match, the NXT UK tag team title match with Mustache Mountain uh, losing in a valiant effort to um, Gibson and Drake. And I was um, I was thoroughly impressed. Had a lot of fun watching that match. Um, really loved how uh, uh, Tyler Bate and Trent Seven paid homage to the the late British Bulldogs, Davy Boy Smith and Dynamite Kid. Dynamite just passing recently with their ring gear. I thought that was really cool. Um, and uh, marked out big time. I even posted the picture as it was happening on the TV from my bedroom as I was watching it. Um, so if you're wondering why the picture looked all kind of funny, I was laying in bed watching it um, and took a quick shot and put it up on the uh, the Kicking Out of Two Facebook page as well as on the Twitter. You can check that out. Um, but, yeah, that was a great match. And um, Rhea Ripley, Tony Storm, very fun match. Uh, didn't think Tony Storm was going to come out with the win, but she's – She's awesome, and so is Ripley, and I look forward to more encounters between those two women. And uh, the main event, Pete Dunne and uh, uh, Joe Coffey. Um, I'll be honest with you, um, it was a great match, but I felt like it was too long. I felt like I was wa- I was like waiting for it to end. Um, not that I was bored with it, but I was like, okay, like I get the point now. Um, great match, though. Like Pete Dunne's an awesome, awesome performer. Um, I've seen coffee a couple of times on some of the UK, uh, the NXT UK episodes. And, um, he's, uh, I I like the physical style from him overall. I just thought it was a really good match. Great match. But like I said, maybe a little too long for my liking, but you know, most people liked it. So I'm not gonna, you know, uh, I'm not gonna shit all over it. Um, that's just like a little minor critique. Uh, the debut of Walter, uh, I was impressed with um, coming out the end to give Pete Dunne a little stare down and kind of let him know that, you know, I'm here and um, I'm going to, you know, make a name for myself in NXT UK. I'm not too familiar with Walter. I know he has competed uh, here stateside on an independent level um, for, uh, I want to say for PWG, Pro Wrestling Guerrilla, um, but he's a big name over in Germany and, uh, you know, he's, you know, Austrian fella, big son of a bitch, physical as hell. I watched a video with him and Keith Lee um, from an independent show here in the United States, and the two of them just put a beating on each other. Uh, Walter's impressive, and it looks like he's probably groomed to be the next uh, UK champion based on um, how he was introduced against Pete Dunne. But, um, you know, the crowd popped huge for that, and, uh, you know, it was it was a great way to end a, a really good show. And, uh like I said, guys, this wasn't going to be as long as last week when it came to the roll call. I don't do it every week, um, but when I feel it's necessary to talk about the current state of affairs in wrestling, whether it's what I'm watching on screen or what I'm reading on the fucking internet, I thought, you know, why not share those thoughts? So, um, yeah, that's about it when it comes to uh, the roll call this week. Uh, AEW fans, quit overhyping it. And NXT UK Blackpool was fucking awesome, and I'll leave it at that. Let's move on. Joining me this week for part two of Second Place is the First Loser, Royal Rumble Runner-Up Retrospective. I'm here with Chris Donovan. Thank you so much once again for joining me this week. Absolutely. You had to come back for a second part. Yeah, let's let, let's put a bookend on, uh, on this. Disappoint the fans. 
Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but before we put a bookend on our Royal Rumble runner-up retrospective, I'm surprised I can get through that without uh, becoming tongue-tied. Uh, hit us up on social media, facebook.com forward slash kicking out at two. Hit the like button if you have not already. If you have, hit the like button. Tell a friend to hit the like button and be a part of all the fun we're having over there. Pictures, videos, debates, discussions, links of archive shows, and so much more. Facebook.com forward slash kicking out at two. And on Twitter, our handle is at kicking out to k-i-c-k-n-o-u-t and the number two you're not gonna like it you're gonna follow us and help that following continue to grow over on twitter same fun we're doing on facebook but 140 characters or less all right meat and potatoes we're talking royal rumble runners up from 04 to 2018 same format as last week kind of discuss whether they were good runners up whether they should have been winners of the royal rumble their path to wrestlemania so on and so forth let's get started with a very controversial one coming in at very yeah (laughs) very very controversial 2004 um the late chris benoit won the royal rumble and we all know, unfortunately, what Chris Benoit is most remembered for. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll just leave it at that. But he's in the history books. I wasn't going to erase him um, from this discussion. Uh, but he won that Royal Rumble in uh, a very dramatic fashion, I will say. It was, it, was a, it was a good story that was told. And he eliminating the big show, um, him being a much smaller guy with the, um, the, the dragon sleeper kind of elimination and holding on to Big Show's neck for dear life, Big Show eventually uh, falling out of the ring, and Benoit, the winner of the the 2004 Royal Rumble match. Now, uh, I'm trying to think where Big Show landed after this. Uh, He was the United States champion at the time, so um, he was defending that title as well as, uh, you know, going after an opportunity at the, uh, the the WWE Championship. Now, if you remember correctly, Benoit was a SmackDown guy when he won this, but he got to choose yep. which championship he was going to wrestle for at WrestleMania, which they they didn't advertise um, as that stipulation as being such. They, they created a loophole, I guess you could yeah. say. And so Benoit chose to head over to Raw and challenge for the big gold belt, the World Heavyweight title. So that left a void open for SmackDown. And uh, Big Show would eventually lock horns with Kurt Angle and John Cena at the No Way Out pay-per-view as the United States champion, not defending the title, but trying to earn an opportunity to face the WWE champion at WrestleMania that year. He he, he fell short and then would eventually defend that United States title against John Cena in the opening bout of WrestleMania 20 in 2004. Uh, I'm 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 okay with 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 Big Show in this role. Oh, absolutely. Um, I I in hindsight, I don't feel like a Royal Rumble victory for him would have done anything. And I could just imagine in 2004, had he had won, uh, the entire internet would have would have uh, ceased to exist with all the uh, the, the wrestling fans. How oh, dare yeah. they, you know, Benoit, the greatest wrestler of all time, get eliminated by the fucking Big Show? And of course, Big Show's gonna win. He's seven feet tall. You know, it's like that's too easy to predict. So. I can just imagine wrestling fans kind of talking about yeah, both sides of their mouths when it comes to that. But um, what's your take on uh, the whole scene there in 2004? It was it was standard Big Show. I mean, like, he was he's always that guy that is, like, there. I'm not saying he's always there to make other people look better than they are. But, yeah, like, he was there at the end 
to make it look like Benoit was that much stronger, better, and like and mind more. You, ben, Benoit went number one. Yeah, in, in that rumble, I couldn't remember if it was one or two. I yeah. knew he went the distance. Yeah, him and Orton started that rumble. Yeah. Orton was number two. I remember that. So I, I think that it was just, it was, it was the perfect. It's the perfect Big Show role. I mean, this was his second runner-up. That we, I mean, we talked about it earlier in the show in the yeah. first half. This was his second runner-up. Yeah, like this is, this is what Big Show is. Yeah. So, and that's not a bad thing. It's not a good thing, but. But at some point for a guy his size and stature, it comes to a point in time where it's like, well, how many times is he going to be the runner-up without winning? You know, because he's so big. Because people, you know, I've had this argument with people before. Um, If wrestling were real, if it were like UFC, um, who would be the champion? And a lot of people have said Big Show because he's the biggest guy there. But if you think about it, like Brock, (laughs) you know, is just as tough, if not tougher, than Big Show based on, you know, his his credentials. And he can actually move. So Brock would be the champion in real life and he would kill everyone. So um, Braun would be the champion. Yeah, or Braun. Yeah, I mean, you know, you can make an argument for a number of the bigger guys. But, yeah, I mean. Like you said, you make a great point. Big Show was there to make Benoit's victory that much more spectacular. And even, you know, Benoit going the distance and being number one and going through all the other guys to then his last obstacle is the biggest bastard in the whole match to to eliminate him. And I thought the elimination, I will say, was was done pretty well with uh, the the, the dragon sleeper and Benoit kind of holding on to the neck, but, you know, uh, cradling the ropes and using all his strength. Probably shouldn't say that. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't even think of that. I won't edit that one out because uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but you know, realistically, when you first sent me the list of we're doing the two shows, I saw that the Benoit victory started the show. I was like, wow, bold way to start. Yeah, I know, yeah, I, know. I was gonna, I was gonna end it on the first one, and I was like, nah, you know what? Why don't we, why don't we start? I don't want to end the show on a bad note, so why don't we start the second one and, and then just build off, and then build, build off yeah, of that. So I mean, we're gonna keep going to better places. Yeah. Guys. So basically, Big Show played the role of being a runner-up very well in this situation, yes. and even winning wouldn't really have done much for him um, in the grand scheme of things because he was the Big Show. He was he was a very credible character because of his look and his size, and um, losing did nothing for him. Winning wouldn't have done much for him he could have easily been put into a title situation down the down the line but even his path to wrestlemania wasn't like it was forgotten about no. either he had some pretty decent stuff with cena and kurt angle so we'll, we'll just leave that at that and uh, speaking of john cena he comes in here in 2005 as the next runner-up as he was eliminated by 2005 royal rumble winner batista and uh this was an interesting rumble because this was another rumble where they were. Um, we talked about it earlier in the uh, the the part one of our uh, runner up retrospective where uh, ninety three we saw it was a youth movement, a lot of new faces, yep. and I felt like two thousand and five was kind of that. You still Absolutely. had some established guys like Kurt Angle and Shawn Michaels and Triple H, but. Um, in 2005, they were really going with some new faces, and Cena and Batista being the two biggest um, names, names faces, yeah. that were newer, um, was it was very fitting that they closed out this Rumble match. Uh, both guys had a very 1994-esque finish where they both fell out to the floor, but this time the camera angle was perfect on both of them. And if you go back and you watch that footage... Mm-hmm. They both hit simultaneously at the same time. Now, here's where I call bullshit, okay? 
they've talked about this a number of times on different retrospectives on WWE Network and then other DVDs that this was not the planned finish. Okay, that they didn't plan this double finish of both guys landing at the same time. When you look at it, you go back and watch and Cena and Batista, they legit, the camera was dead on them on the outside. They legit both landed at the same time. So they either did a really great job of choreographing their exit from this match or they're not lying and telling us that this wasn't planned the way it was and it just so happened. I find that a little bit hard to believe, but yeah. at the same time, I'm not saying it's out of the realm of possibility. This is the trend, in my opinion, of where Royal... This is where you see runners-up in the Royal Rumble match end up having more prominent roles at WrestleMania. Meaning, because there was a brand extension and there were two titles, two titles yeah. you almost in a sense could figure in the runner-up of the Royal Rumble may not have won the Royal Rumble, but they'll face the other champion. And that's what happened in this case. Which kind of waters down the winner in my mind. That's a good point too. I was just going to get to that. The The winner, it, it, it takes away their victory. And in a sense, it if you look at it from like a realistic standpoint, let's say I'm John Cena and I lost and it's like, oh well, I lost, but... I have an opportunity to go fight for the other belt. So it didn't really matter. You know what I mean? But what would have happened, let's say, if... So so we we eventually saw Cena um, earn an opportunity to face the WWE champion, which was JBL. He won a tournament, and in the finals he beat Kurt Angle at No Way Out in 2005. Batista would eventually go on to face um, uh, Triple H that year at WrestleMania and become the world heavyweight champion. Yeah, the big, the, the famous thumbs down segment, which was really cool. Yeah, one of my um, favorite segments. And uh, um, both guys had their big crowning moments at WrestleMania that year, back to back. Cena won the title, and then in the main event, Batista won the title from Hunter. So yep. both guys, it was like their big, uh, you know, crowning moments that started both of their 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 runs on top on their respective shows yep. or on SmackDown. So, uh Let's let, let's play a little role reversal here. Like I said, we're going to implement some of the, the, the trading places concept on kicking out of two into this without it officially being a trading places show. And uh, what would have a Royal Rumble victory done for a John Cena? And let's say Cena did, didn't choose. Now, all right, well, let's go two scenarios. Let's say Cena won and he won the Rumble and he goes to WrestleMania. Does he face JBL, or does he get to choose? And how would it would, would it have? I don't think anything would have changed. Yeah, like as like like you said, with the loser basically getting a more than likely getting a chance to face off for the other title. Like, would anything have changed? I yeah. think I they were they were building to Batista versus Triple H. Let's be serious. Like yeah. we all knew it was going to happen at some point. Did yeah. we know it was going to happen then? No. But I think that the the rationale was that we were getting Batista versus Triple H. Did we know we were getting JBL versus Cena? No, but did it make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So it was just one of those things where Cena won. He probably would have. I mean, he was a SmackDown wrestler at the time. Correct. So he probably would have chose to fight for the SmackDown title and fight for his brand's title. Yeah. So, I don't think anything would have changed. Yeah. Like, would it have changed in the, like, big picture of, like, his career having that extra, 
uh, Royal Rumble win? No? No. I mean, he's he's John Cena. Because <laughs> like, he, yeah, because he's, eventually he would get two Rumble victories, which we'll discuss in yeah, you know, a so little bit. Yeah, I so mean, does he need a third one here? No. No. I, th- I think... I'm not a Batista guy. Yeah. I'm not a Bautista guy, but... Or a, he, bl- or a Blutista guy? Yeah. Like, <laughs> actually, I think that's his best role is right now. Blutista? Yeah. And, uh, Guardians? Guardians, yeah. Yeah. So, I just... I'm indifferent. Like, it was cool, because, like you said, I love... One of my favorite segments of Raw history is the scene with Triple H with the thumbs up, and then the thumbs down, followed by the Batista bomb, followed by Batista basically, like... Saying I'm no longer in your shadow. Yeah, love that segment. Yeah, no, it was it was, so, it was done really well. The whole build without, up to yeah, it. Yeah, without that rumble win, does that happen? I don't know exactly. So yeah, I I, I think point. I think that the win was necessary for him, big picture wise. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like you said, it doesn't really change much because. You know, history shows that Cena would eventually go on to face JBL and get his title opportunity. So, it really, in a sense, it really didn't matter. I mean, both, no. you know, the winner and the runner-up both co-headlined WrestleMania yeah. that year, if you think about it. So, yeah. That, so, it was just that, it was just WWE putting them in, it was WWE at this time, correct? Yes, correct. Yes. 2005, yeah, <laughs> WWE. We're yep. no longer saying WWF. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was, at that time, it was just them showcasing those two guys as like, hey, like, these are going to be the guys for the next couple months couple years, years like yeah. yeah yeah so it was it was the right move to have them in the finals and because that was their plan to make them champion yeah so okay it All was right, well yeah. done by them yeah I'm, I'm right there with you I, I i don't think we need to uh address that even more um moving on to uh 2006 uh that year we saw the the miracle in miami as uh ray mysterio would end up winning the Royal Rumble match, entering it at number two, dedicating his victory to the late, great Eddie Guerrero, who had passed a few months prior in the month yep. of November in 2005. Um, this was a um, uh, this was one of the, the, the better Royal Rumble matches. The story, obviously, the, the main story heading into that Rumble was Mysterio's dedication to the victory. You could almost say that it was a foregone conclusion yep. that he was going to win, and they were going to do the whole underdog, smaller guy coming up from underneath to emerge victorious in the Royal Rumble match. Now, the runner-up in this match um, would be Randy Orton, Mm -hmm. um, which was an interesting choice as a runner-up because Mysterio, they almost did the Shawn Michaels-Davy Boy thing from 95. Mysterio entered it at number two, but number one was Triple H. And Triple H and Mysterio almost went the distance. That sequence of events towards the end of that Rumble match where Mysterio would miraculously eliminate Triple H from the Rumble match. Huge pop. He still had Orton to contend with, but it was was a huge moment um, for Rey Mysterio's character and even for for Triple H's character uh, because Triple H had basically had his sights set on Mysterio that whole match. They, you know, they, they started Locked it up, and yeah. get, get to the, you know, the, the finish towards the end. But then you had Mysterio and Orton. Myst- Orton thought he had the victory, and Mysterio would uh, would uh, uh, give him a head scissors over the top rope, and Orton would land on the floor, both feet touching, Rey Mysterio would win. Now, 
another this is a little bit this i would say this is similar in turn the trajectory of these individuals is very similar to to cena and batista like i said that trend of the runner-up being in a prominent spot at wrestlemania but this one's a little bit different mysterio wins However, he was forced and goaded into defending his title shot the next month against Randy Orton at No Way Out. Randy Orton would eventually win. Okay? Randy Orton would win that opportunity. However, Theodore Long, SmackDown general manager, just put Mysterio back in the match just for the sake of, no, you deserve to be in the match. You won the Royal Rumble. I don't care. It's now a triple threat. Yeah. And... We would see Orton, Mysterio, Kurt Angle have a great match at WrestleMania. It was short, but it was still a fun match. match, It was still a fun match, and Mysterio would end up winning the championship. Here's where there's a little bit of a difference. Like I said, Triple H, he wasn't the runner-up, but he was also in the championship match for the WWE title that headlined against John Cena as the final three. Hunter would end up winning a tournament and defeating a number of guys. I believe Big Show and RVD were in that tournament as well. He might have beaten, I forget. And Hunter would go on to main event that mania against Cena. Um, first time that they locked up. So um, as, as far as Orton being the runner-up, I mean, it was a good it was a good spot for him because he was really st- he was in an in between phase where Orton was. He was, he was not a good guy anymore, but he was not attached to a group like Evolution, yep. and he was on his own, and he was really starting to establish himself uh, even more. He needed that heat. Yeah, he needed that heat, and working with a guy like Mysterio, who's very sympathetic, people can relate to him um, in the sense that, you know, people feel sorry for him because not only just of his size, but, you know, of, of, of who he is as a character. Um, very sympathetic figure, like I said. Yeah. And Orton pounced all over that. Um, even bringing up, like, the death of Eddie Guerrero in the storyline. Um, and, and kind of dragging... There. Yeah, dragging that into the picture here. Um, but Orton, like I said, as a runner-up, still had a prominent spot. And eventually, he got a title shot because he beat Mysterio. So, in a sense, like Cena, Orton didn't have to win the Royal Rumble no. because he was already in a prominent role at WrestleMania. Yeah, I agree. I mean, this is where you really, like you said, you saw the th- the final three all get title matches at Mania. Yep. So, I think that Orton getting that rub from Mysterio, from Triple H, being associated with that final three with them was huge for him in the sense that, like, yeah, I got him, his name, like, fully out there as a single star. Like you said, he wasn't attached to Evolution. He wasn't in Legacy, which came after that, obviously. Um, he wasn't... He, it was him on his own. Yeah. And I thought that him losing in the finals... Like like you said, we knew Ray was winning. Yeah. Like, he, we knew it was the right move. We're happy that the WWE actually went, went with it. Yep. So, it was cool just to have Orton associated with that, like, Cinderella story. Okay. Like, people are going to remember that uh, that Royal Rumble as Ray's triumph. Yeah. Yeah. So, people are going to remember that Royal Rumble. People are also then going to remember that Orton was there. Yeah. So, it was good for his career. So, do you think now that, let's say, all right, so Orton cheated to win at No Way Out. 
and defeated Mysterio. Mysterio yep. lost the title shot. Orton was the one that got the title shot. At that time, it was only going to be a singles match between him and Kurt Angle. Yep. Like I said, Teddy Long eventually would 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 trump all that and basically put Mysterio back in the match for no other reason that he deserved to be in the match because he won the Royal Rumble, even though weird. he lost to Randy Orton in that, that number one contenders match. Yeah. Getting to... Which, which was a very, like, kind of out-of-nowhere kind of move. Usually there's, 100%. like, a decent explanation for doing something like that, but this was just thrown out of, out of nowhere. Like if or, or, yeah, or in one, like, controversially, then it could have I mean, been he a... pulled the tights, but, like, yeah, they didn't... That. But he still kept Orton in the match. Yeah. You know? Now, what if Orton cheated to win and eliminate Mysterio? And do you think then maybe it would have made more sense for... Teddy Long to put Mysterio in the match, making it a triple threat, or do you think they had to get to that point and no way out to do? I think they had to get to that point. Okay, I, I think that they, I, I can't picture this Rumble without Ray winning. Yeah, so it's hard for me to be like, oh, if Orton won cheating wise, like, yeah. But then like I felt I would have thought that would have been even less reason to put Ray into the match if Orton won the Rumble, like. I okay. get, I get the fact that, like, it, obviously, it makes no sense that Teddy Long just was like, "Oh, you know what? He deserves it." Yeah, but like, <laughs> yeah, that's how that's what that's Teddy Long. <laughs> like, Teddy Long, not the best GM, not the worst GM. No, he was just he, he was Teddy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was Teddy. Yeah, holla holla. Um, speaking of hollering, I was hollering during the finish of this Royal Rumble coming up in 2007 as uh, The Undertaker won the Royal Rumble match for the first time in his career and eliminated Shawn Michaels. Oh, and yeah. this is probably one of my top five favorite Royal Rumble matches of all time based I, on the, fi- I'd agree with that. the finish alone. Yeah. Because the two of them went 11 minutes and had like their own little singles match yep. in the Royal and Rumble you didn't match. See that. And that was the first time you saw anything more than like what? A minute or Four? two. Four? <laughs> Maybe four minutes? Yeah. Yeah, it was wild. I mean, I remember being at a Hooters and, like, everyone was standing. It was, like, it was crazy. Like, you felt like you were in the arena watching it. But uh, Undertaker would win. He would go on to WrestleMania to to challenge Batista for the world title, my first WrestleMania I ever attended. And he would win. Um, Once again, three years in a row, the Royal Rumble runner-up ends up involved in a prominent role at WrestleMania. Now, I mean, it's Shawn Michaels. You yeah, couldn't expect him to not Mr. be... Mr. WrestleMania. Yeah, you couldn't expect him to not be in a prominent role at WrestleMania, but nonetheless, he was involved in the other title match as he earned an opportunity uh, defeating Edge and Randy Orton in a triple threat match to face John Cena for the WWE Championship. And that was the year that they... Um, that they... Uh, they had the main event at the No Way Out pay-per-view where... The, the WrestleMania main events faced each other. Yep. Uh, it was Batista and Undertaker as a team taking on John Cena and Shawn Michaels. The two championship mania main events headlined that No Way Out pay-per-view and was a huge tag team match. It was a very fun match. And yeah. if you go back and watch that match, Michael Cole lost his voice in the last several minutes of the match. JBL had to call the match all by himself. Really? Yeah. Michael Cole barely said anything, probably I would say like the last 10 minutes of that match because he lost his voice. That's crazy. Yeah, I know. It was wild. And JBL had to do the call. JBL was not a good color movie. You know what? It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. He he made it work. So um, as far as uh, Michaels is the runner-up and his his 
trajectory going into WrestleMania. This was a period in time where, like I said, it was Shawn Michaels. He had to be in a prominent role at WrestleMania. He could still go. He was still very popular. People were still into him. It was a situation as a fan for me, not only just being a Shawn Michaels fan, but a fan of the fact that you know he put on a hell of a performance with Undertaker oh, yeah. at the end of that Rumble that I thought... I was like, well, he's got to be in the the other title match. That was where I was like, I wanted him to be in the other title match. Yeah. You know, I wanted him to have a strong role um, in that at that WrestleMania, especially in the title picture. And it, and it ended up working out for me as a fan. Um, does it make much of a difference if he were to win? No. Okay. I'm I'm I'm, I'm with you on that. This too. that str- this is the stretch of the Rumbles where, like you said, the loser isn't the loser. Like. He's just factored into big plans at Mania. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, losing isn't that big of a deal here as it was, like, in the early 90s when, like, you get Bruce Beefcake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You <laughs> lost the Royal Rumble, so here's Bruce Beefcake. Yeah, here's Bruce Beefcake to end your winning streak. <laughs> like, you're getting a title shot if you lose. So. Yeah. So it didn't really make much of a difference no. whether he won or lost. But I think like his 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 defeat was his was a big victory for him oh, yeah. in the sense that like he you know had he, he had gone on to to, to become the champion. Uh, uh, a good buddy of uh, of Shawn Michaels um, makes it back to back as uh, runners up in the Royal Rumble match in both 2008 and 2009. We'll start in 2008. Triple I H. loved 2008 Rumble. With, with, the, with the surprise of Cena at the end, in Triple H's face, yeah, when Cena came out, like Triple H's face sold that, yeah, surprise return, yeah, like his face was like he legit just saw a ghost, yeah, like absolute shock and dismay on his face, yeah, it was good, it was good. I mean, like, do, do you now? I remember watching it. I was at a Hooters again. Um, I was at my I was at my parents' house. And a little we, different from Hooters. <laughs> I would hope so. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but I had, I had friends over. Yeah. But I mean, not, there might, not the same ambiance. There might have been some chicken wings, but that yeah. was about it. That's like, about it. Yeah. <laughs> so anyhow, um, the uh, oh man, I, <laughs> once again off track again. All right, let's regroup. Um, Two thousand eight. Uh, I remember, you know, Cena was out with an injury. He wasn't even factored into this Royal Rumble. Now, he was like, he had just got hurt. At what, a couple months before? It was like before Survivor Series, yeah. but it wasn't that much before. He like he was supposed to be out for like six to he eight. He was supposed months. to be out after Mania. Yeah, and and he shows up, and everyone's just like, oh, head my down. God. I'm yeah. like, I'm doing it as we're like recording. Yeah. He has his hands crossed, head down. He looks up. He's like, he has that like John Cena. Grin that like smirk, on his face, yeah. yeah. Like he's just like, haha, screw you guys. Yeah, it was. It <laughs> and was like pretty wild. from that second on, you knew he was winning. Yeah, like oh, well, you, you knew, to. you knew as soon as his music hit. And this is at gar- this is at the garden, correct? Yeah, correct. Yeah, like yeah. this is at the garden. He, you knew as soon as his music hit, you're like, okay, and Cena's going to Mania because Cena's winning. Cena's winning this Royal Rumble, hands down. They were bringing him back. To lose. Oh no! Exactly. Especially <laughs> like, if he was not expected to be even oh, on yeah. the card. Yeah, you would. Di- yeah, that'd be a huge disappointment. I mean, uh, I remember watching it, and you know, it was a fun rumble to watch. But then when it got towards the end, and it was like Hunter was, I think, like twenty eight or twenty nine or something. And yeah, I, I think like, it was I, honestly, yeah, it was like twenty seven, twenty eight. It was definitely at the end, and and I, I was just like, well. Pfft. I guess he's the only one left that could win. I mean, who, who we got left in the field? Chavo, Carlito, Mark Henry, Umaga. I was like, 
Yeah, the finals wasn't it like the final four was like Carlito, Umaga, Trips, and well, Cena came in and Cena. dumped those guys. But it was the the final the final few I think were Cena, Batista, Hunter, and I want to say Kane was involved in that too as yeah. well. But um, I mean, this was like I said, this was another year. This was the first year of two that uh, you know Triple H would be a runner up, and uh, you know it was like you said. Cena had to win. He was the surprise. If oh, he yeah. didn't win, it'd be a huge disappointment. But it wasn't much of a disappointment for Triple H because nothing um, Triple H has done has been disappointing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this was, um, you know, Cena at this point. He because he, uh, in storyline it was Randy Orton that injured him. He demanded that he get his WrestleMania title shot early a month before Mania and wrestle. Randy Orton, and they granted right. it to him. And then they did the two elimination chambers on that same pay-per-view, and one of them was to be the number one contender, and Triple H ended up defeating Umaga, JBL, Jericho, Jeff Hardy, and Shawn Michaels to earn his opportunity. Star-sided. It was a good, and it was a really good elimination chamber match, yeah. too, um, to earn his opportunity at the, the WWE title at WrestleMania. Cena would end up losing the match to Orton. Yep. Orton got himself disqualified after he just intentionally slapped the referee in the face. <laughs> and like I remember, now. like the whole like the 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 whole arena was like, "Oh, like that was a dick move." But like the ref called to the bell, and Cena was like, "Whoa, whoa, wait a minute! He did that on purpose to get himself disqualified." Don't no, don't end this match. And they turns out. They ended up uh, making it a triple threat. Hunter got the title yeah, well, shot. Triple threats. Um, I think uh, Cena. I think Cena won a match against either Orton or Triple H on Raw to get put into the match, and then they made it a triple threat. But um, another situation where it wouldn't have helped Hunter uh, for him to win, and it really wouldn't have done anything because in the end. He ended up getting the title shot to begin with. So another Royal Rumble runner-up that really didn't need to win the Royal Rumble. Um, as we wasn't moved, hurt by the loss. Yeah, it wasn't hurt by the loss. And and same thing with you know this next one in 2009. It was Randy Orton who ended up winning that Royal Rumble and who began a red-hot streak of. Uh, Is that his hometown? No, this was in. Um, this was in Detroit. Oh, at, yeah, yeah, Cobo Hall or the Palace or whatever. Saint Louis, yeah. But um, Orton would, with help from Legacy, would eliminate Triple H. And this was the start of his run against the McMahon family. Triple oh, H being God. the run. Well, I, I mean, re- it, yeah, no, I remember this. It was really good stuff at first. This is when he kissed Stephanie? Yes. Oh, when, he, when he when handcuffed he Hunter to the rope, DDT'd her, and then made out with her. God. Like, that was. That, oh, was that was good TV. It's like, what an asshole. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Like, like, oh, damn. man. Like, that buildup alone, like, I was like, I mean, I was excited for WrestleMania to begin with, but I was like, damn, I can't wait to see that match. And then they didn't even make it any kind of a, uh, a stipulation match it was other than. A brawl. It was it was a stupid brawl. And plus, they went on after Sean and Taker, which stole the show. So oh, yeah, the crowd was kind of zapped, you know, from, from watching that. But Hunter would end up, uh, he, he, he lost the Rumble. Then he would end up winning the WWE Championship in an Elimination Chamber match the following month. And this is where they kind of turned, they they, they switched the cards around a little bit because that was the night that Edge wrestled in the two chamber matches and he was the surprise in the second one and won the chamber. So in the beginning of the night, Hunter won the belt and Orton was still the number one contender. Orton hadn't picked uh, which champion he was going to face at that point. And yep. then he was still involved in that McMahon family squabble, 
and then once he RKO'd Stephanie, then they they inserted Hunter into the mix, and that was when they were like, all right, he's back to being married to her again. Yeah. They kind of did the um, they they did. I don't know if you remember this, but they did the interview, um, but with Hunter on SmackDown as the champion, um, the same way that they did the uh, the A Rod interview when he when he revealed that he. Uh, the, remember, remember the the the, the steroid scandal with Aaron oh, yeah, a yeah, number yeah. of years ago. Yep. And ESPN had like a sit down interview with him, and or it was maybe it was sixty minutes. I forget what it was. Yeah, but it was like East sixty or not. Uh, it was one of those. They yeah. constructed the interview in the very same way with with Hunter, um, yeah. and talking about like revealing why he kept his marriage a secret um, with Stephanie after the initial divorce on TV in 2002, yeah. but Hunter was the champion. And so he lost the Royal rumble, but he ended up winning the championship the next month. So another situation where it didn't, didn't even really yet. matter to begin with. And this was where they were like intermingling too much of the, um, of the brands like Raw and SmackDown were just kind of like sharing guys and they, they would reshuffle the deck after WrestleMania. Um, as we, we continue this countdown here with 2010 and uh, another one of my favorite Royal Rumble matches, a pretty star-studded match, one of my favorites of all time, winning Edge, um, surprising uh, the, the, the fans yeah. coming in at number 29 yep. uh, to win the Royal Rumble. He would end up eliminating Chris Jericho and then winning the Rumble match by eliminating John Cena. And... Uh, Cena would go on to WrestleMania that year to challenge Batista for the WWE Championship. But how he got to that point, he ended up winning the WWE title at the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view in 2010, uh, defeating Triple H in the Chamber match, and then Vince immediately putting him in a match with Batista moments later, only for him to lose the title. And then he would earn that opportunity back to face Batista for the championship. Does a John Cena Royal Rumble victory in 2010 do anything for him? Does it hurt him? Does it harm him? Does it make the story any better going into that WrestleMania? I think think the storyline that was to follow was done, I'm not saying to perfection, but it was done. It was done very well. Pretty well thought out. So I think that this, I think him losing in the Royal Rumble, or I'm not even saying losing. Because at this point, like you said, like the past couple of years, the loser isn't losing. Yeah. So not winning the Rumble didn't do much because it was still Cena still got that promise spot, still in the prominent storyline role for the next months building up to Mania. And another year where a, re- a returning superstar from injury comes back way ahead of schedule. Way ahead of schedule. He has to win the Rumble. Yep. You can't just have Ed show up only for him to not win the Rumble in the yeah. dramatic fashion that he did, which made for an exciting end to that Royal Rumble match. So, Agreed. yeah, uh, I think I think we've uh, put a bow on that very nicely and uh, doesn't, like I said, doesn't really do anything for Cena to win, um, and it didn't even hurt him losing because he was, he ended up co-main eventing that WrestleMania and eventually beating Batista to become the WWE Champion. Here's an interesting, and we talked about it before uh, we started part two here, um, the 2011 Royal Rumble was the first and only time that the Royal Rumble had 40 competitors. And, and I hated it. <laughs> and I was at that Royal Rumble in Boston. Um, my brothers and I bought tickets. It was our first Royal Rumble. It was a lot of fun because it was, you know, it's the, Rumble. It's the Rumble. You count Starts down media. and you, you do the 3-2-1, the and, you know, the, the guy comes out. And I mean, it was just a lot of fun. It's fun watching it at home, but it was a lot of fun in, in person. Uh, did you like the concept of the 40, though? I did. 
Really? I like because the because the roster was so heavy at the time. I understood it. It just made. But it, it was just kind of weird because it was like it's it's always been. Th- I mean, obviously, besides the first year with twenty, but it's always been thirty. Here's why I liked it. Okay, and and I'm gonna try to put some common sense into this explanation okay. here. We're gonna go a little bit off topic, but. Um, you know don't, what worry, don't worry, we really don't need to talk about the runner-up that much. Well, yeah, yeah <laughs> we'll, we'll briefly touch upon it, but um, here's why I like the 40-man Rumble. Nowadays, when it comes to the Royal Rumble match, it's like they just have guys announcing, well, I'm entering the Royal Rumble. No, I'm going to enter the Royal Rumble. Like, all these top names. But what's stopping a Zack Ryder or a Kurt Hawkins or a fucking uh, Mustafa Ali from saying, hey, I'm going to enter the Royal Rumble? You never see any of the lower card guys say, oh, I'm going to enter the Royal Rumble. It's like, what's yeah. stopping them from entering the Royal Rumble? Like, why don't, in, in realistic fashion, have 30 guys earn their opportunity, or at least 25, and then you have a few surprises. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I just feel like it's kind of silly that, like, you know, that some of the lower card guys don't say, well, I want to enter the Royal yeah. Rumble, too. Like, if I, was, if I was a lower card guy in, in kayfabe terms and storyline, you know, perspective here, and I wasn't getting any opportunities at a title shot, well, the Royal Rumble's the best chance I have. Why wouldn't I want to sign up to be a part of the Royal Rumble? You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't make it, – it, it's like saying um, – it's like saying your 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 team's in the World Series for an opportunity to be the champion and and uh, you know World Series champion, but you decide you know what I'm gonna sit I'm gonna sit this one out on the bench. I don't want to be a part of the game. You know what I mean? That to me just like that's that's yeah. So when they went with the forty man concept, I was like, okay, cool. There's more opportunity for surprises. You can put more guys in the match, and realistically, with forty guys, like I said. There's more chances of the lower card guys saying, hey, I'm over here. I want in too, you know. So that's why I liked the 40-man concept. And that's why I think, too, like with the way that they they build up to the Royal Rumble each and every year, especially these last few years, it's just been kind of silly. It's like they'll say, like, oh, so-and-so is going to enter the Royal Rumble. He's announced his entry into the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Or she's announced her entry into the Royal Rumble now that we have a female Rumble. But it's it, – like. Either you earn your opportunity in and you do qualifying matches and make it a little bit more interesting, or realistically, you let some of these lower card guys like a Kurt Hawkins or a Kalisto or or whoever enter the Royal Rumble. You know? Yeah. Like I just think it's like I said, it would make much more sense if like someone just you know I get that. You know, so that's why I like the forty man concept. And I also liked it because I was there and it was a lot of fun and you had the surprise with uh, with Kevin Nash making a surprise appearance, Booker T had a surprise appearance in that rumble. That was a lot of fun. Um as we all know, the forty man Royal Rumble was won by Alberto Del Rio eliminating Santino Morella. <laughs> I didn't understand why they did it. I was like This might be one of the reasons why I don't like <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I don't blame you in that sense. I mean, Santino Morel is a funny character and all, but, like, I, I, I don't know what they were trying to accomplish having Del Rio eliminate him. They I did mean, nothing for Del Rio. I, I will say this. Being in the arena, like, I didn't realize he wasn't eliminated until, like, I looked at the screen and he, like, popped in. For, I mean, where we were sitting, we could see clear as day. Like, oh, yeah. But, like, he was... Under the ring. He was, like, under the ring, practically, and he, like, scoots in, and then they were like, whoa, 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 wait a minute, he's still in the match, he was never eliminated, only for it to be so anticlimactic that he eliminated Santino, of all people. If he had dumped out John Cena or Randy Orton, I would have been like, okay, but, like, I just felt like 
that kind of fell flat. And I think they were trying to go with the, oh, the underdog that nobody expected has a chance to win the Royal Rumble, and it just didn't really connect very well. So, I mean, um, and it it goes to show that, you know, Santino's path to WrestleMania in 2011 that year really wasn't anything to write home about. He ended up... uh, um, becoming a part of an eight-man team with Kofi Kingston, Big Show, and Kane against uh, The Core. It was that, like, bootleg nexus that they had, like, Wade <laughs> Barrett split bootleg. off with, like, Wade Barrett, Heath Slater, Justin Gabriel, and Ezekiel Jackson, um, which was a, uh, I mean, I thought the name was kind of silly, but I liked that they were still kind of keeping those guys as a group, but it didn't, you know. It didn't do much, and that was the end of that. We're just going to uh, pass <laughs> pass right through here as we go to 2012 in St. Louis. You mentioned it earlier, uh, Randy Orton's hometown. Yeah. This was the evening that Sheamus uh, would end up winning the Royal Rumble match, tossing out Chris Jericho. Uh, Chris Jericho had made his return a few weeks prior where he was kind of doing that. I don't know if you remember in the buildup where he was he was coming out week after week and he wasn't even talking and the fans would just like pop. Oh yeah. And then like he would like build it up and build it up and build it up and the people would start to boo him like, "Well, what are you doing here? Like tell us like give us more. What do you want?" He Jericho would just stand there. Yeah, he would just stand there. And I thought it was kind of cool. I was like, "Oh, that's pretty interesting." And then Jericho kind of let his intentions be known and he's, you know, He's back for the title, and and but just the way that they introduced it, I thought it was very interesting. But um, anyhow, so Sheamus would eliminate Jericho, and another case of Jericho losing and being the runner-up, but eventually earning an opportunity at the WWE Championship against CM Punk at WrestleMania that year. Yep. Now, this is where I'm different in this scenario, and I'll let you chime in in just a sec. I think as 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 much as it helped Sheamus, okay, in the short term, in the long run, looking at it today in 2019, people have kind of forgotten about that Royal Rumble victory when it comes to Sheamus. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I love, honestly did. I love him in the bar with Cesaro, okay? I, I think they're did. a great team. I really do. And I like what I, I like what they bring. I think Sheamus gets some some undeserved um heat from the from the from the fan base. But because he was stupid. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, he does need to get rid of that mohawk. I will say, like he could, yeah, it, it looks looks pretty dumb. But anyhow, um, I feel like with Jericho's return at that time in 2012, they could have capitalized more. They could have capitalized more with the Rumble victory, Agreed. and it, and it would have made for um, far better story heading into WrestleMania against CM Punk. Not that it wasn't good, but a Rumble victory for him at that time, because that's one of the, Jericho's done a lot of things in his career. All over the world, yeah. not just WWE, but in WWE, he's never won the Royal Rumble. And I think he, I think that would have helped solidify him in the sense. I'm not saying he's not solidified. Like, don't get me wrong, Jericho is one of the best wrestlers in the world. Yeah, I mean, he'll tell you he's the best in the yeah. world. <laughs> but like you said, I honestly, you sent me a list of the runner-ups. I honestly had to look. To see who actually won some of these rumbles, mm-hmm. and I forgot about Sheamus. Yeah, I legit forgot that Sheamus won the Royal Rumble. Yeah, like he's a good wrestler. He, I, like, like you said, I like him in the bar. I like him with Cesaro. I forgot how much of a main event push he actually did get. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. In the beginning, I liked that they that they threw Sheamus out of nowhere and had him beat Cena and won that, oh, t- that table match. Yeah, 
I thought that was kind of interesting. It, yeah. it got people. No, attention. yeah, no one, no and, one expected it. And and following that, they capitalized really well on him as the champion. They made me believe that he was a player. And the WWE has always been known in the last decade or so to take guys and they'll start them off strong and then they'll cool them off. And and Sheamus was one of those guys where like they started him off really strong. They really made strong. him the champion, and then after that, they kind of cooled him off a little bit. And then yeah. this was almost like a resurgence of of his of his buildup and eventually Sheamus would go on to win the world title at that WrestleMania in 18 seconds over Daniel Bryan which I was in attendance for that one and holy yeah. cow I can't tell you how many people probably I, wanted to kill I that didn't even think it was 18 seconds honestly and um and uh but Jericho would go on to face CM Punk and like I said this is a case where I felt okay Sheamus he could have used it. He could have needed it. Jericho was more over, more established. But at the same time, it would have been a nice little feather in Jericho's cap to and to, to have that Rumble victory and capitalize yes. on it on his return heading into WrestleMania. Yeah. So uh, you know, I, I think we can both agree that um, the Sheamus Royal Rumble victory was uh, forgettable, unfortunately. Um, and and Jericho might have been the better suited uh, victor as opposed to being the runner up, but. He turned out to get an opportunity at the title anyway. So yeah, another case of runners up still making it a, a, a making their mark on the WrestleMania card. Um, here's an individual who did not have a prominent role at WrestleMania, following being the runner up uh, in the Royal Rumble match, and that was Ryback from 2013. Um, yeah, <laughs> Ryback was eliminated by John Cena. And the story they were trying to tell was that Cena was in redemption mode. Uh, he oh, had yeah. suffered that great loss at the WrestleMania a year prior to The Rock, and he had suffered some more um, devastating defeats. Did not have a good year in 2012. His character planned. planned. <laughs> yeah. yeah, in 2012, his character did not have the best year, but they um, they tried to play the redemption story, and he was going to well. go. Yeah, it wasn't bad. I mean, it was it was predictable, but it you was. know, it, it made sense. I guess you could say uh, him and uh, Rock. At, at, at WrestleMania for the title. They could have done without the title, but it happened. Well, they definitely could have done without And, uh, you know, a lot of people shit on it because it was, you know, oh, they promoted once in a lifetime the year before, and now they're <laughs> going to do it again. I'm like, and I tried to rationalize it, but like, but it's for the belt. It's, <laughs> it's Rock and Cena. It's Rock and Cena. It's for the belt. And, you know, I, I got a lot of unwarranted hate from a, numer- a, a number of wrestling fans. I remember I tried to rationalize it once when, um, uh, during my time on the Ken Reedy show, we talked about like the buildup to Mania, were, like really lacking that year in 2013. Yeah. And someone called in and they were like, you know, why are they putting on Rock and Cena again? They made like a big stink, and I got into this like argument on the phone with this guy. It was pretty wild. I forget what it, I forget how long ago it was. It was like I said, 2013, but I don't remember the exact show. I'm sure that there's archives in uh, on the on the Ken Reedy show uh, link. Uh, on iTunes, if you can go find it. But, um, yeah, Ryback was the runner-up. And Ryback came in hot the year before. They oh, did yeah. the Goldberg thing with the undefeated streak. And then he got put into the main event with CM Punk and the Hell in the Cell for the title. And he did that stuff with the Shield and, and Punk and yep. Heyman. And I was like, well, you know, all right, they're making this a seat. pretty legit. Yeah. And, I, and I was like, I felt like. Every time they had a big moment for Ryback, they didn't capitalize on it with him because the people were into him, and I felt, like, I felt like I felt like the 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 him being the runner up hurt him 
because it was just another I mean granted it was against Cena yeah. but he still had a lot of positive momentum and a lot of fans were behind him at that time yeah he definitely could have benefited like he definitely could have benefited from a rumble victory and I thought even after that rumble I was like saying to myself you know he's had a great t- 2012 starting 2013 I mean it 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 says something that they had Cena eliminate him in the fashion that they did. It shows how how imposing and how intimidating and how credible his character could be that Cena eliminates him last. They got to do something with him at WrestleMania that means something. Well, he was the second match on the card against Mark Henry. <laughs> and the only thing that happened in that match that was, was, of, was of note worthy was him uh, delivering his finish at the end to yeah. Mark Henry that, like... Uh, that like modified version of the muscle buster. Yeah, he stomped around the ring. Yeah, stomped around the ring. I, mean, I don't think he stopped with Mark Henry on him, but he did it with other people. He tried it, and then Mark Henry ended up pinning him and winning. But then post match, I think after the bell, Ryback did it again yeah. to Mark Henry. So, um, but yeah, I mean, what do you think Ryback? What do you, what do you think of Ryback and him in the in this, the role of this could have changed Rumble? his career? I mean, he if he won the Royal Rumble. Yeah, he didn't last. All that much longer. I mean, he probably lasted, like, what, two more years in the company? I think he left in, what, 15, 16? Uh, he left in 2016. Yeah. His last match was um, was at uh, Payback in 2016, and I think he asked for his release after that. Yeah. yeah they, they put him in the tag with a... Uh, he was in a pre-show match. On, 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 uh, who was his tag at that time? Oh, he was tagging with Curtis Axel. Yeah, Ryb Axel. Yeah, Ryb Axel. Yeah, oh, which was a, which was a silly team. Yeah, but um, yeah. I mean, think about it. Like, I think this could have this could have solidified him as a top notch superstar in the sense that like he never. I mean, he he wasn't like gone from the main event picture, but he was never looked at as the same. Yeah. So. I think this is where, like, his momentum start. where, like, people soured on his character that, yeah. like, he just couldn't get the job done. And I think, I mean, do you blame management and the way that they built him up for that? Mm, not entirely. Okay. I mean, they could have done more with him, obviously. Yeah. But I don't know. He was never a good talker. <laughs> like, he didn't have that charisma. Like, he had the fans on side with the Feed Me More stuff. But, like, he was never... He was never going to be a WWE champion in a sense that, like, he's going to go on talk shows. Yeah. And he's going to, like, be taking pictures with kids. And yeah. He's, like, he's... Like, I'm not saying that he had to be. But, like... He had potential to be, but, like, I think the talking part, like you said... I think that kind of he, held he him needed, back a He needed bit. a mouthpiece. He, need, he needed a Heyman. He needed a... He had Heyman for a little while. Briefly. Yeah. During that CM Punk stuff, but... Yeah. No, I mean, that's a great point you make, because, I mean, I remember in, in, at that time, um, I thought to myself, well, you know, he's a big, muscular guy. Vince loves that. Right. Um, you know, good-looking guy, clean cut in some regards. Um He's got that like larger than life superhero kind of look to him, uh, and uh, I, I thought in some respects for his character, his character didn't need to talk because he kind of had that Goldberg thing going, where it was just all action in the ring and less talk on the mic. But um, I pictured 
at some point him doing the talk show circuit and being that face of the company in the, in a, in a similar way as Cena. But now that you kind of mentioned it, like maybe it was for the best that they yeah, didn't you know, I think it was. move forward with him. So, um, but it definitely, it definitely would have helped him, oh, yeah. but it was just, if I think it was one of those situations where it was like too little, too late. Like they should have capitalized a little earlier on yep. his momentum. Cause I think after that rumble is when people started to, to realize really realize that like they, they weren't gonna do anything serious with him in the main event yeah um, an individual who uh would eventually uh take over the main event scene for for a number of years in this uh this royal rumble runner-up countdown comes in from the year 2014 we saw the return of batista and Batista would end up winning the Royal Rumble match in controversial fashion. Oh, Not the way he eliminated the runner-up, but the fact that the audience didn't appreciate Batista's oh, no. return. And they it's wanted Daniel Bryan. Yeah. And it was probably... One Bryan of got the, eliminated quick, too. Or early. Early, not quick. No, no. The, you're thinking the next year, which I'll get into that in a minute. Okay. 24, he wasn't even in the match in 2014. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. That was the night that CM Punk wrestled his last match in wrestling he was in he was the first guy in the rumble yeah and then the next night he quit so it altered a lot of plans for wrestlemania but batista they they looked at batista like oh he's gonna be this uh he's gonna be the you know the uh this might be going back but what was the year that punk literally was able to like sit down and do like uh like interviews like in the middle of the rumble match yeah it was um 2010 he came in at number three. He inter- he he eliminated, uh, I think like Zack Ryder, Dolph Ziggler, Evan Bourne. He would like he asked for the microphone and he did like a whole you know uh, the straight edge preaching yep. and and then uh, um, Beth Phoenix had that role in the Rumble. He yep. eliminated her. Great Kali, um, or he didn't eliminate Kali. She eliminated she Kali, and then he dumped her out. And then once he got once he got a few under his belt, that's when uh, um, Hunter. Showed up, yep, and then they cooled his jets off pretty quickly, and that was the end of Punk. Gotcha. In that room, that. that was in 2010. Yeah, was... That was your Edge one, yep. Um, but in 2014, Batista won, and uh, Ooh, yeah, that was you know they they thought that they had a, a good guy in Batista, and the audience didn't really react to him the way that they had hoped, and this was on the 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 heels of you know daniel bryan's rise and as a fan i was very very upset and disappointed that they didn't even put daniel bryan in the match but um this is where this is where i think they 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 realized that they needed to pull the trigger on roman reigns who would end up being the runner-up in this match it was batista who had eliminated reigns and this is where the audience was chanting for roman reigns because it was not Daniel Bryan, but it was anybody but Batista winning the Royal Rumble that the audience felt deserved this opportunity. Now, knowing what we know about Roman Reigns and the, his relationship that he has with the audience, would he was still part of the Shield? This was before the Shield broke up. Yep. This was wrestle. This was right in the heart of WrestleMania season, Royal Rumble 2014. Does a Roman Reigns victory? How does that affect? the shield and, 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 and split it up. And does Roman Reigns, does it benefit him or is it still too early for him to win the Royal Rumble that year? I think it was fine that he didn't win because the shield still had more to do Uh and more to accomplish at the time. I'm not saying that Batista winning was the right call, but 
out of the two options, I guess Batista winning was the better move just because as a fan, we needed we needed, we wanted and we expected more from the shield and we received that. Yeah. So, I don't think it was the right time for Reigns to win. That right. That yeah. I, I I would have to agree with you. I think I do think though that because of those Roman Reigns chants that they they rushed his his singles push when they when they heard that and realized they're like, all right, we we need <laughs> to... the last time fans chanted for him. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's ridiculous. Yeah, um, actually, no. There, there was a few other times after yeah. that, but they but they were you know they were Roman Reigns went to that WrestleMania that year with Ambrose and Rollins. They wrestled Kane and the New Age Outlaws. That was the last WrestleMania I attended in New Orleans, and they beat them very decisively in a matter of minutes. Yeah, and that was when they started. You would the, that. <laughs> the, yeah, that was when they started the um, the road to the Shield and Evolution. And eventually, like you said, there was more they needed to accomplish. They decisively went over Evolution, Triple H, Randy Orton, and Batista two months in a row on pay-per-view. Yep. And then, oh, of course, the next... street fight. Yeah, that... The street fight before the breakup? Yeah. That was a great match. It was, a, it was an elimination match, I think, too, right? They had to, like, beat, like, all three guys to win the match, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I, I just remember they, like, clean-sweeped them. Oh, yeah. Or something. It was, and like, they really showed the dominance of the Shield. And I thought, like, oh, good. Like, these three now are, like, the new top faction. Even though they were already kind of a top faction, I was like, to beat Evolution like that, uh, like, they, you got to think that they had plans for them. And I was very excited at the prospects of babyface version of the Shield. And then Rollins oh, turns on plan, them the next plan night. B. And then Plan B. Yeah. And that was the end of that. So, but you, I'm, I'm with you there. Reigns winning. 14 was not his time. No, it certainly wasn't. But I think that that's with those with those Roman Reigns chants, that's when they they put the bug, you know, the bug was in their ear like, all right, well, yeah. we need Agreed. to do something with them. Which brings us to the following year. Like you said, 2015. This was the year Daniel Bryan was eliminated. He gave, came into the match early and he was eliminated within a matter of minutes. And I think were, this was the first one we watched together. Um, No, it was not. No, it was the sure. following year. Was it? Yeah, because I wasn't. I was. I was not working at Jengris when that at rumble. The, at your old place. Yeah. Okay. That was the following year. We'll, we'll get into Way that. Spoil that. But uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> didn't mean to. No, no, I brought it up. <laughs> didn't mean to burst that bubble. But um, yeah, 2015. Um, this was when they they really pulled the trigger on Roman Reigns, oh, and yeah. I've had plenty of discussions regarding this rumble and the way the fans reacted. This was the night that Daniel Bryan came in at like number nine or ten, and he was eliminated. Like I said, like like two or three minutes later, shocked. very quickly, Absolute it shocked. like shocked the whole place. And then um, this was the period of time where they were starting to build Roman up and making him into a serious contender, a serious threat. Um, in the main event scene in a singles role and Philadelphia did not react kindly to him. And this finish to this Royal rumble was very similar to the one in 2011 where Roman had eliminated big show and we thought he won, but Rusev was on the outside Mm -hmm. was not eliminated. And he came into the ring and Reigns eventually speared him and threw him over the top rope to win. And that was when the crowd was chanting Rusev, Rusev. Very similar to the year prior where they didn't get Daniel Bryan, the one that they wanted to win. But anybody that but Reigns would have been suffice enough for them. And 
Um, I mean, you know, we can we can go back and forth regarding the Reigns Daniel Bryan situation. I've said it before, and I'll just briefly say it again. Um, they shouldn't have advertised Daniel Bryan going into this match because everybody thought, well, he's going to win because he wasn't in the one the year before and yeah. he was just returning from injury and they were going to resume the yes movement and they didn't and they put Reigns in that position. And I think the way that they positioned Reigns did him no favors because the audience wasn't ready for him yet. And, and he literally just shoved about it. Yeah, exactly. And I think I don't think it was any fault of Reigns's no. whatsoever. I think it was the way that they ought, the the company had positioned him. But let's just say that Philadelphia got what they wanted that night in 2015, and we saw Rusev win the Royal Rumble. Now Rusev was on an undefeated streak, okay? Yep. And Rusev would eventually um, become United States champion. He defeated John Cena at the uh, the Fastlane pay per view that next month, yep. and then he would go on to WrestleMania and have a very high profile match against John Cena, defending the United States title. He had that huge entrance with the tanks and <laughs> and all of this stuff, and um, that was when his undefeated streak had ended. Yep. Uh, with Cena defeating him. Um, there was no two titles at the time. This was when the company was not in the brand split. Correct. And so there was only one champion. Where would Rus- would would it have helped Rusev, or is this another case where he wasn't ready yet either? I don't think he was ready yet, but I think the feud with Cena that followed Rumble helped him become ready. So I honestly think... I think Rusev benefited from losing the Royal Rumble more than he would have benefited from winning the Royal Rumble. Okay. Because, like I said, he might not have been ready for the main event world title picture, but he proved that he was ready for the limelight in the sense that he went up against Cena. He beat Cena for the uh, title at Fastlane. Then lost to Cena in his first loss at Mania. Yeah. Which losing to Cena at any time is never a bad thing. But losing to Cena at Mania, and from what I remember, it was a decent match. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Yeah. So, like, Rusev put a good effort in, and I think that solidified him as a person who can be looked at as a serious threat. To not just the U.S. title, but to future heavyweight title pictures. Yeah. I, I will say that, like, I think that... I, I Obviously, defeating Cena for the U.S. title certainly helped him at Fastlane. Yep. I just thought if they... Re, but it seemed like after his run with Cena, he kind of fell into obscurity for quite some time, for a number of years. He did. And, uh, hopefully, I, he's, I, hopefully he's coming out of it now. Yeah, it looks like he seems to be coming out of it now with the, the, with the recent title win on Christmas Rusev. with uh, Rusev. And, uh, or, I'm sorry, with Nakamura. Yep. But um, I feel like in this case with Rusev, um, he had a good run to WrestleMania. And like you said, like he was able to be put in a situation where he was in the limelight and they, they saw some like they saw developments of, of him being a player down yeah, the line. Yeah, glimmer of hope. Yeah, glimmer of hope, I guess you could say. Um, but uh, it's just we didn't want Reigns to win. Yeah, people yeah, did, well, yeah, yeah, people didn't want to see that. And you know And to be fair, I think Kurt Zach kinda of won that night. 
Oh, because <laughs> like, he was never, never he's still never been officially yeah, eliminated same thing with Maven in 2002 oh, he was never officially eliminated from the Royal Rumble we could talk about a number of guys that have never been officially eliminated from the Royal Rumble match that who still... came in and knocked out Axel in the entryway uh, uh, what's his name uh, uh, Rowan Eric Rowan yeah Wyatt member yeah he was because he was out of the match. Yep. He wasn't even allowed in the match, and then he ended up becoming a part of the match because he, he took Axel's spot, which I never really understood yeah, when they that do that to guys. That doesn't really work. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's like that's like that's like you know that's like saying like you know you come off the bench and you like clothesline the guy to like, <laughs> you know like and then you're gonna take the substitution and it doesn't yeah, get. I'm record. not a quarterback. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, but um, uh, Rusev. They like I said, fell into obscurity after the Cena thing. I do feel like though that maybe they shouldn't have put the U.S. title on him um, the first time at Fastlane. Maybe they could have done some kind of finish where it sets up another match with the two of them at Mania, and maybe he could have. I think I don't think Cena winning. I mean, it made sense because he's you know he's defending the honor of America against this you know this Russian the sympathizer. Yeah, you know, and and it made sense that he won. You know, because at the end of the day, the hero's going to have to win at some point. But I thought, like, if they really wanted to make Rusev... Yeah, they could have had him win. Had him win at Mania. With the tank? Hell yeah, you know, <laughs> have that huge entrance, and he keeps the... Or he wins the United States title from Cena at Mania. Cena w- would go into that Mania with the championship. I just felt like they really had a, a great opportunity to make him a yeah. bona fide main event guy, a top player, Agreed. and they, they, they didn't capitalize on that. Um... Yeah, let's move on to the following year, 2016. The first time we watched a Royal Rumble together um, in in my old apartment. And uh, this was the year that the Royal Rumble uh, was... uh, The winner of the Royal Rumble would become the WWE champion. Reigns was defending it. Reigns was defending it in the Rumble match against 29 other guys. Vince forced Reigns to defend the title in the match, which was a pretty cool... I liked it. Yeah, I liked it too as well. Um... Especially because we didn't, no one expected Reigns to walk out with the title. Yeah, it was it was done in a way that you know the the way that they had built it up. There was some there were some bright spots and some some low lights in it. But um, you know, if you remember correctly, in that storyline, Reigns had some issues with the McMahon family. He had um, he had uh, put Triple H out of commission, and Triple H eventually. Um, you know, would return and become number 30 in this match, and he would eliminate Roman Reigns after Roman Reigns made a return in the Royal Rumble match because Vince had hired the, uh, oh God, what was that group? The stupid group that Donnie liked, the League of Nations. <laughs> the League of Nations. He thought that was a great group. I was oh, like, man. Oh, man. This is where the name, we the were, name was stupid. But we were just I mean, talking about how Rusev fell into obscurity. This is what we were talking yeah, about. Yeah. He was a part of the League of Nations the with League what? Sheamus, Sheamus, Del Rio, Del Rio, and um, uh, um, I'm afraid I've got some bad news. Oh, wait, Barrett. Uh, Barrett. Yeah, <laughs> uh, God. yeah, that yeah. Was... They came out and like took Reigns out. And all right, it was terrible in the sense that like. They sucked. <laughs> but it was necessary in the sense that there was no way Reigns was going to last the distance. Yeah, because he was number one. That's he was I, number yeah. one. He was the champion. There was no way he was going to last the distance. But when he was eliminated, everyone was like, oh, yeah, we're going to get a new champion. 
But you, everyone knew he was coming back yeah. into the match. Like yeah. it's like it. The people were even booing it when it was going on. Yeah, like because like, we knew what. Like we're like, all right, we're gonna let twenty guys get eliminated, and then Reigns is gonna come back in with like seven dudes left, and yeah. be like, all right, I'm back. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it, I think the way it was structured, it did his character no favors no. once again. No, no, no. And no, it made things worse for him because that was a period in time where he won the belt, and the people were kind of. They, they they were kind of into him because he was go, he was opposing the McMahons. Oh, but yeah. I think, Whenever you're opposing the McMahons, it helps. But I think they smelled bullshit like, oh, yeah. as time went on because they tried to redo the whole Austin he's McMahon McMahon, angle. He's a McMahon guy. Like, yeah. And everyone knew that. Like, yeah. So, he's, he's fighting against him on, on camera while like friggin' butting up with them in the backstage not on camera. Yeah. Like, and we all knew that. Yeah, so I mean, it was one of those situations like you said, where like we, we, we smelled bullshit and people didn't really care for it, but um, the glimmer of hope in this match was... Um, eventual runner-up. Yeah, Dean Ambrose. Dean Ambrose would end up losing the match to Triple H, and Triple H would become the WWE champion. Now, Ambrose's path to Wrestlemania following this was rather interesting because um, this was a period in time where the roster had taken a number of hits with injuries. Orton, Rollins, Cena all off of Wrestlemania. Which is a crazy thing. Yeah. All three guys unable to be a part of Wrestlemania due to injuries. The Rock status was a little undetermined. You knew he was going to be a part of Mania, but you weren't sure if it was going to be in some kind of a, a guest role or if he was going to have a serious role in a match. It was that the year he had the squash match where like he beat Rowan? Rowan in like six seconds and he yeah. set a WrestleMania record and he came out with that stupid fucking flamethrower and he oh, lit yeah. his name up on fire on the stage. And so he told everyone that there were goosebump moments and he announced the attendance which was like over 100,000 people which and which was a lot of <laughs> which was a lot of people, but it's a lot according to well actually you know I'll be honest with you I don't know if that's a lie because you think about this for a minute here was this at AT&T yeah. in Dallas WWE I've heard the story that they padded the number based on the amount of people that work in the building and that were a part of the company that they added to that number I heard the legit number was over 96 97,000 yeah. people it was still a okay number. it was still a huge number and it broke the Wrestlemania 3 number but they I've heard that they padded that number with like 101,000 based on um, guests that were there from the company and yeah. the people that work in the company and the people that work in the building um, However, if you think about this here for a minute, WWE is a publicly traded company on the on the New York on the, the New York Stock Exchange, okay? They have to report their earnings and pay taxes on their earnings. Mm-hmm. So, are, do you mean to tell me that a publicly traded company is going to lie about an attendance at one of their events and not pay taxes on the um, on the number that they're lying on? You know what I mean? True. So that's where I kind of that's where I kind of go back and forth a little bit here when it comes to that. But regardless of the fact, Ambrose's path to WrestleMania was a little, you know, not to get too off track here, but Ambrose's path to WrestleMania was um, was a little topsy turvy. But he was in a position where he was to benefit the most, regardless what role he was in, because they needed him. They needed him to be in a big match. They needed him to perform in the big match. You know, so like. 
He he that night at the Rumble, he had that great last man standing match with Kevin Owens, retained the Intercontinental Championship, and then he was the runner up in the Royal Rumble match against Triple H, which was a great sequence. He ended up getting a WWE Championship match at the Roadblock event in March on the oh, WWE sorry. Network, which was a great match. And I was like, God damn, like he could win. Yeah, he could win and like this would be kind of cool that like he goes to WrestleMania as the champion. Um, but they clearly had a, be- a, a different path in mind for um, not only Ambrose, but for the championship as yep. Hunter kept the title and would go on to face Reigns in a very forgettable and boring yep. uh, match at that WrestleMania. I was not a big fan of it. I mean, we, we watched it together. I think we were talking yeah. mostly during the match about what took place earlier in the night as opposed to the actual main event. And then Ambrose had that very underwhelming um you know, thirteen-minute suplexathon against Brock Lesnar. That was yep. Um, where you know Brock basically just bounced him around for thirteen minutes, and that was to me. I thought like that could have been like the big star-making moment for Ambrose to take an ass whooping from Lesnar and and yep. and or not necessarily beat him, but like take that ass whooping and really come out of it like this like Mick Foley underdog like hero and True. it was just very matter of factly that Lesnar beat him and that was the end of it. Yeah. So a Royal in my opinion, I know you're an Ambrose guy, a Royal Ambrose. Rumble victory and winning the WWE championship, I think would have really shaken things up 100%. heading into WrestleMania because of the 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 roster being so depleted with all the inju- injuries. Oh no, I completely agree. I think that this could have been his shining moment. It could have been, it could have been huge for the Dean Ambrose character. With that being said, the Triple H win was—I'm not saying it was necessary, but I'm saying it was like—I don't like it's just, like we knew it could happen. We knew it might happen, but we wanted to see it happen in the sense that, like, you knew he was going to face Reigns, you knew he was going to beat Reigns, because Reigns, like we said in the beginning of this, uh, the beginning of this year, we said that Reigns was not going to go from one, from entry one as a champion to winning the match. Correct. So we knew, we didn't know that Triple H was going to win it. We didn't know that Triple H was even going to be in the match. Yeah, it was a surprise at the end. So, when it happened, that's when you were like, yep, Trips is winning this match. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, it's almost a foregone conclusion in the sense where, like, surprises that come into the Rumble match, especially that late, yep. it would be a disappointment if they lost. We talked about it with Cena in 08, we talked about it with Edge, Edge in 2010, yep. and now we're talking about it with Triple H in 2016. So, I mean, you make a great point there. All, all points taken and agreed upon there when it comes I, to like, like you said, I think I think Ambrose still benefited, but honestly, when I want to say the last three were Reigns, Ambrose, and Tri- and Trips, right? Um, it was close. It was close. Yeah, I know. I know Reigns was eliminated fairly, but when soon after Hunter got in, but there wasn't that many guys left in the field. But when Triple H eliminated Reigns. Did, like a little part of me was just like, okay, this match is over. <laughs> like, yeah. I thought, I thought that was the win. Oh, okay. Like, I, like, I, I kind of forgot that there were other people in the ring. Yeah, I think Jericho was still in at one point. I'm not mistaken. Maybe, um, I forget. Yeah. But I think Brock might have been in it still. 
No, I think Brock got eliminated right before. Because I'm pretty sure Reigns eliminated Brock. No, the Wyatts eliminated Brock. That's right. Okay. Yeah, it was all four Wyatts. After Brock eliminated all the Wyatts, they yep. all came back in and dumped him out. Okay. But anyhow, yeah, no, I, I, I see I what you're fe- saying. Yeah, I felt like the, I felt like the match was over when Triple H eliminated Reigns. Okay. Okay. So it was kind of a letdown in that sense. Yeah. And then it was like, oh yeah, Ambrose is here. Yeah. Like Ambrose can win the match. Yeah. But then you're like, were they really going to have Triple H surprise entrant eliminate the champion? And then lose the match? Yeah. No. Because you knew you knew Hunter and Reigns had to resume their issues based off of what had taken place weeks prior. Yep. So if Ambrose were to have won and eliminated Hunter, then well, Hunter would have been pissed. Not only he would have more, he, he Hunter would have had a full plate, and he couldn't have that. You know right. what I mean? So I guess you could say like it probably made the most sense for Hunter to win. Yes. Um, but at the same time, they still could have pivoted and maybe, you know, maybe Ambrose could have gotten a rematch and then Reigns cost uh, Hunter that match and helped Ambrose win. And then you have Reigns pivot to Hunter in a singles match without the title. And then maybe they did Ambrose and Brock for the belt, you know, and that's how they set up Brock to win the belt from Ambrose at WrestleMania. Sure. Who knows? Yeah, but, no, but, you know, there's there's a lot of different uh avenues they could have gone but I, I i couldn't agree with you more um home stretch man we're we're we're, we're winding down here 2017 uh randy orton won his second royal rumble match as he eliminated roman reigns roman reigns Only came in eliminated that year that is, that's true <laughs> well i got like i have I'm, got I'm stats cheating a little bit no that's stats. fine by all means but, go for it I think that might be... I mean, obviously, it's tied for the record. Yeah. <laughs> Lisa Eliminations winning a, di- a tournament. That's that's interesting. I didn't even know that. Wow. Eliminate so he eliminates Reigns. Um, and Reigns wasn't even originally announced to be in the match. That was another big star-studded rumble. You had Brock. You had Undertaker returning. Yep. Goldberg was a part of that Royal Rumble. Um, Brock didn't... Goldberg eliminated Brock. Yes. And then I think Undertaker eliminated Goldberg. Okay. Yeah, I believe that's the case. No, I believe you're right. So then Reigns, who wrestled for the Universal title earlier in the night against Kevin Owens, came up short in that, entered in at number 30. And that's where everyone in, in, in San Antonio that night thought, oh, shit. shit. <laughs> yeah, like, this is what He's going to win. Oh, man. Oh, like, uh, you know, but they... They pulled a fast one. They pulled a fast one, and Orton ended up getting the victory, eliminating Reigns with a little bit of help. Actually, no, he didn't get help from Bray Wyatt, but they had that, like, on-screen, like, union. They were, you know, Orton was kind of part of the Wyatt family, so to speak. And so I guess, like, Wyatt's elimination took place from Reigns, and then Orton Orton capitalized on it and dumped Reigns. Now, um, Reigns' path to WrestleMania following that was very interesting because um, in that Royal Rumble match they planted the seeds for where Reigns was going to go, and that was against Undertaker when he eliminated Undertaker from that Royal Rumble yep. match very decisively. And you knew right then and there, well, this ain't over. And oh, so um, I believe following that is when Undertaker, or a few months later, I should say, Undertaker returned um, to challenge Reigns and uh, have a match at WrestleMania. Um, I don't feel like a Roman Reigns Royal Rumble victory would have done much for him because the title picture, he wasn't anywhere near the title picture at that point. But neither, neither was Randy Orton. 
But Orton had that thing. Orton had that association with. Yeah, that was the thing. Like Cena didn't didn't Bray win the title? Yeah. At Fastlane, I'm assuming. Chamber. Chamber. Yeah, he won the Elimination Chamber. And then the match was like thrown together between Orton. So he so, so, like the seeds were planted. Yeah. Obviously. So yeah, the seeds were planted. But um, the path here was was like I said, Reigns wasn't. I mean, Reigns. I should say, let me recheck my statement. Reigns was in the title picture for the Universal Championship He's with Kevin been. Owens. Always been in the title picture, he but will be. Braun cost him that title match that night. So he had some unfinished business with Braun, and so he had to go to Fastlane to get through Braun, which he did. And then that's when they later set up him and Undertaker um, following that match. But as far as uh, Orton goes, Orton winning the Royal Rumble and Wyatt winning the Elimination Chamber. Um, then there was the issue of AJ Styles never really getting his one-on-one rematch for the championship because he lost to Cena that night at the Rumble. Yep. Then Cena defended the belt in the chamber and lost it to Wyatt, AJ being the last guy that Wyatt pinned to win the championship. So AJ went on this path of, I deserve my one-on-one rematch. He eventually... Shane. It would eventually lead to Shane, but he had to go through Harper, and then I think he beat Harper, and then he had to go through Orton, and Orton beat him, and so then you got Orton and Wyatt, and that's how all that shit went down, yep. which I thought wasn't a bad way to get to WrestleMania. I just thought the payoff was kind of silly, but um, yep. certainly agree that – I certainly agree with you that Roman Reigns uh, winning that Royal Rumble did nothing because – of his interaction with Undertaker. You weren't going to do Roman and Undertaker for the belt. You didn't need to. You didn't need to. You already had it established right there that Reigns was, you know, he, he had made his mark eliminating Undertaker, and you knew that Undertaker was coming back to get his revenge. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, that's that that seals that. Um, and now we're down to it, the final two Royal Rumble matches, taking place last year in 2018. We'll, uh, we'll start with the girls because, unfortunately, uh, this finish wasn't anything to write home about, and this scenario is really not very... Everyone knew what was happening. Yeah. Everyone, everyone knew Asuka was winning. Yeah. Everyone expected Asuka to win. Everyone expected Asuka to eliminate someone with a pedigree to make her look that much better, and that's exactly what she did. But at the same time, if you think about it here, the Bellas weren't regulars on TV at that point. It's still Nikki Bella. She still has the name. She still has True. the pedigree. She still True. has... I mean, she's a reality TV star now. Like yeah. She's not a wrestler. I understand that. Yeah. But she had the name value. I, was the final... What was the final four? It was something like Asuka, Nikki... Asuka, both Bellas, and, and like... Was it Natty? No. I don't remember. Maybe it was Sasha Becky or Becky. Or... Oh, no. It was, it was Sasha. It was it Sasha. It was Sasha? Okay. Because Sasha was uh, eliminated by both Bellas. Okay. All right. So that was Asuka. And then Nikki down. pulled a fast one on Brie. That's right. And then Asuka. Asuka. Nikki. And... Asuka took care of Nikki, and then that was the end was of that. I mean, probably, probably the most memorable moment from that sequence was, I mean, the Philadelphia crowd obviously didn't want to see um, Nikki Bella win, but was the end when... Uh, you know, Ronda, Ronda oh, Rousey came out debut, and the debut just made the debut. Everything. Yeah, I mean, which to some degree, I guess you could say. Because um, it was Alexa. Alexa and Charlotte were in the ring as the champions. Asuka was staring at them. Because they were, at, they asked Asuka for her decision. Yeah. As then, to who she was going to face. And the Rowdy music. At Mania. Yeah, and then Ronda came out. But, um, 
I mean, just start pointing at the side. Yeah, I love, I love, I love what they've done with Ronda Rousey, but her first night was awful in my mind. You thought it was awful? Oh my god! How many times did she point at the WrestleMania sign? That's true. Like she pointed at the side. She didn't know what she was doing, and you could see like deer in headlight look on her face, and she was, she was just like, "All right, well, they told me to point at the side, so I'm just gonna keep pointing at the WrestleMania sign." Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, I, lo- I, I loved the, like, I loved the initial, like, holy shit, like, none of us expected Rana to come out, like, she was supposed, supposedly, like, filming a movie in, like, South America or something at the time. Yeah, that's and, right. Nobody thought, oh, she's out, she ain't gonna make an appearance. Like, we all knew, we all heard match. the buzz, but we just didn't think it was happening then, and all of a sudden the music hit. That was, that was awesome. I'm, don't get me wrong, I loved the debut in that sense. But she didn't know she was doing that. Yeah. Well, I mean, she's still pretty green. I mean, oh, one hundred percent. But she's, but she's and definitely, and she's gotten a thousand times. Better. Oh yeah, she's definitely improved, and she's a. I, I I look at her as a bright spot on the program. I will say though, um, there's there's good and bad when it comes to her on the program. Number one, she's a big name in not only just in MMA but in pop culture. Yep. That like I thought like oh well, she's gonna get the Brock treatment and she'll work you know. Um, she's worked yeah, she's worked a lot more than Brock. Like she's almost weekly on the show. Yeah, and she's wrestled more. She's even wrestled on TV, like yeah. not just pay per view. She had that good match with Natty last week. Yeah, it was great. I mean, I, 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 I honestly, I just thought like she was gonna. They were gonna treat her like they do with Brock, and I, I it's been, so it's been a, it's been a very you know, pleasant surprise. But at the same time, she's now almost in a sense like the rest of the girls. She's not like head and shoulders above everyone else because of her her name value. She's almost treated like she's like one of, <laughs> one of the girls on the roster. I think she's above others, but I I think it's I, I think it's closer than it than we would expect. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, I mean that's a good point. But um yeah, to put a bow on this uh Nikki, yeah. Nikki, yeah, I guess that was a good that was a good spot for her to be the runner up cuz I mean Philadelphia would have would have rioted had she beat oh, Asuka yeah. and she had the chance to go to WrestleMania and she didn't do anything after that. So no, she just faded back into yeah, she faded back into reality totally TV down. land, and that was the end of it. And Total we get to the it. we get to the final Royal Rumble runner up here, an individual who has been a runner up uh, on two different occasions, both in 2014 and 2017. And I'm talking about Roman Reigns. He uh, he was the one that uh, was the he was the reason why Shinsuke Nakamura ended up winning the Royal Rumble match. And another case of the runner-up eventually having a prominent role and a title match at WrestleMania because he would end up going on to win the Elimination Chamber the next month and and then getting an opportunity to face Brock at WrestleMania. And then I think he had like three more rematches with Brock. So um, at the <laughs> end is. of the day, this didn't really matter. And it, and it certainly made Nothing the most... Nothing can hurt Roman in the eyes of the McMahons at this point. <laughs> Correct. In the eyes of the fans, maybe. Yeah. But, um, but honestly... The fans would have been more pissed if he won than if he lost. Obviously. Agreed. Agreed. As we have, uh, we, we've wrapped things up here when it comes to our our Royal Rumble runner-up retrospective. Second place is the first loser, and we have we have we have uh, run the gamut last week and this week when it comes to the 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 first losers in each and every Royal Rumble match in history. Once again, uh, before actually before I I, I sign us off here. Give me a quick prediction. Who wins each Royal Rumble match, both the men and the women this year in 2019? I think the women is more obvious than the guys. My women's prediction will be Becky Lynch. 
I just think that she is on such a hot streak right now that her name, like, the bloody nose thing and the being concussed and, like, that, like, that picture in the audience after she was knocked out and she then couldn't fight Ronda at Survivor Series, that set her up for so much more in the in the near future. They have to strike while the iron's hot on that, and I think they give us, I think they give us Becky versus Ronda, and I think they give us a rematch of Asuka versus Flair from Washers Mania. Interesting. I know everyone's clamoring for the triple threat Charlotte for Charlotte versus Becky versus Ronda, but that leaves Asuka out of the picture to fight who? I think the W. First of all, I think the WWE messed up in the sense that. They had Charlotte beat Asuka last year at Mania. I think they dropped the ball in that regard. I think Asuka could have benefited. Like Obviously, she was going to lose at some point. Mm-hmm. But does she really need to take her first loss at Mania? Uh, no. I, I mean, let's put it this way. If, if they capitalized on Asuka's loss and they did something meaningful with her following that, then... It, it wouldn't bother me, but she did nothing. She virtually did nothing yeah. after that loss. I agree. And I felt like, well, shit, they could have turned it into a heel turn or they could have, you know, a, a redemption story of some kind. If they did something following kind of a redemption up. redemption story right now. With her well, yeah, I mean, now we're talking about right now. But, I mean, back then, you know, following yeah. up, like, maybe maybe they designed it that way. It's like, all right, we're going to give her a break. We're going to, you know, cool her off a little bit and then we'll we'll, we'll insert her back in. But um, well, I, 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 I. Who do you, who do you think is winning the women's match? I mean, unless you're not. Willing to give your no no no, no I'll give my, no I'll get my pick now. Um, I mean I'm guessing at Charlotte. No, I mean uh, I I go back and forth between Charlotte and Becky based off of what's taken place with the stuff with Ronda. Yep. I like you like they have so much to capitalize on based off of what Nia did with that punch and breaking her nose and the concussion and that image of her like standing in the crowd with like the blood. Oh, that's that's awesome. like the female version of what Austin oh, yeah. you know at WrestleMania 13, but. Um, Charlotte, in many ways, her character had seemed to kind of cool off a little bit with Becky's rise at the same time. And people were kind of getting turned off by Charlotte. And she redeemed herself when she had that match with Ronda. And the beating that she gave Ronda with the kendo stick after that, I felt like, well, now Charlotte's a player. Like, you can't not include her in the title plans at some point. Which brings me to... I wouldn't say this is a prediction, but this is something that I'm kind of hoping that they go with. I'm kind of hoping they redo the 1994 Royal Rumble finish where both girls are the co-winners. Whether they either eliminate themselves at the same time and both feet hit the floor, or Ronda gets involved and eliminates both of them as the last two, and there's no clear-cut winner. And let's say, okay. let's let's say, let's say Ronda's doing commentary during that girls' rumble match. It's down to Becky and Charlotte. They're fighting it out. They're ready to dump each other over, and all of a sudden, Ronda comes in, dumps them both out, and then, you know, beating beat them both with the kendo stick and leaves them motionless. And it leaves you, it leaves both girls not able to continue, and no it winner. leaves a winner undecided, or they can. Or if they want to create some kind of mainstream media buzz, 
like they did last year when they announced Ronda and when they Ronda made the big surprise at the end, they could have the McMahons come out and say, you know what? We're not gonna wait. We're not gonna we're we're not gonna wait to determine who's the winner. Both Becky and Charlotte are your co-winners of the Royal Rumble, and both will face. We're gonna give the people what they want: the triple threat: Becky, Ronda, Charlotte for the title at WrestleMania. Okay, I just thought of this as you were saying it. Do they need to do that with the end? With the or, end, or with the end think of that about Rumble this. match? Does the winner get to pick their title? That depends on what direction you want to go in. If because the, I can see one person winning and not wanting to face Ronda. Really? Bliss. Okay. I can see them still doing the triple threat match of Charlotte, getting Becky, it. and uh, uh, Ronda. Where say, say they start the match. Ro- Becky and Charlotte start the match. And they're eliminated early? By Ronda. Okay. Ronda comes out to start the match. So they're the first two. They're freaking beating the crap out of each other. Say they like they go like ten minutes where like every time a third person comes in, they're they both tossing them out. They so both they toss get, them out, so it's just the two of them. Okay. And then all of a sudden Ronda comes out, eliminates both of them. You see you go to like the like picture in picture where like you're seeing the three of them beat the crap out of each other in the backstage, but you're also still watching the women's the match. match. Like yeah. they give you a f- couple fillers, like a couple yeah. people. But then you have Bliss win the match, and she's like, "Yeah, no shit, I'm not facing Ronda. Yeah, I've, I've already, I've already gone, da- I've already gone down that road. There's no way I'm beating her. I'm gonna go for Oscar. That's not a bad. Uh, you know what? That's not a. Honestly, now that you mention that, like, first was- of all, you get Bliss. Bliss is a great talker. Yeah. She's probably the best talker. Yeah, uh, and for the women. Yeah, you get her. Being able to hold the mic because let's let's be serious. Oscar's a fighter; she's not a talker. Yeah, yeah no shit. So <laughs> yeah. you already have that setup of the triple threat match between the best everyone wants to see of Charlotte, Becky, and Ronda, and then you get Bliss versus Oscar as the other one. Big names in all five women. That's you know what I uh, like. Uh, I think most people are expecting Charlotte or Becky to win, so that's not a bad idea that they throw a curveball like that with yep. like an Alexa Bliss. Um, if it's not someone like her, then maybe a Nia Jax, who they have I mean, there's con- not many options. They've kind of capitalized. <laughs> no, there isn't, but they've kind of capitalized on Nia, at least up until just most recently after the match she had with Ronda, the whole face breaker thing. Where you know she's she's talking about having the you know the kind of I mean, like the, it kinda, also didn't do her any justice with like Becky Lynch clowning her in the yeah stage, no that yeah they, that they, that didn't help I think honestly they could they could have waited to do that yeah. but I mean I understood why they did it 100%. but yeah anyhow you so, got to make Becky look like a badass so I mean the man y- now that now that you her. now that you kind of brought that scenario up like I don't honestly have a pick right now to win that women's I mean Rumble. mine's either mine's Becky or Bliss, or Bliss. okay. For All that right. sense, mine's either the finish with both, uh, um, yep, both both girls or or no one right now. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest with you, but um, give me the, give me your men's prediction. It's the same every year. No, it's not. I'm just kidding. I it's gonna a lot in the media right now is talking about who's going to win the power struggle between. Triple H and Vince McMahon in the sense of who they want to win. Yeah. I think the smarter way is to go with Triple H's pick, and I 
Yeah, I'm sticking with that, and I'm going with Seth freaking Rollins. Uh, I'm going. I'm going with him too. Yeah, okay. I'm, I like I'm, how we I'm like with you. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, it doesn't make for a great podcast. But like, no, no, no. But I mean, I think, I think the, I don't know. I just feel like, I mean, they could blunder it too. But you know, a lot of people have thought, oh, McIntyre could oh, be a no, guy. No. Um, no. You know, and I and I like McIntyre. I think he'll be a world champion someday. But yeah. um, Rollins has been name dropping Brock a fair amount in the last year or so since Rollins had been the Intercontinental Champion and Brock kind of held the universal title hostage and i feel like then in this case um they got to capitalize on it and, and with fact, with reigns being out and, and the fact that they already did the ambrose Rollins match like yeah which was a disappointment oh i agree yeah I, but I, like you what else who else do you have rollins fight i think i think the better story is what rollins march to the title if you think about it you know, Brock had that universal title for a long time, held it hostage. Okay, now he's got it back again. All right, for the last so for the last couple of years, for the last year, you know, a couple of years, Rollins, like I said, has name dropped Brock and talked about how Brock is not a real champion and he is a fighting champion as the Intercontinental Champion and he wanted he wants to dethrone Brock at some point one day. They have loosely had him name drop Brock oh, yeah. over the last few years, even if he's involved with someone else in a storyline. Yeah. Now, his best friend. Suffering from leukemia, battling cancer on the sidelines. The night that that happens, his other best friend, Dean Ambrose, turns on him. Okay? Now, he's an island unto himself. Okay? Rollins has just got himself to worry about. Yet, his... He, he lost the Intercontinental title from his other best friend. Now, his path to... to just, I think it's all these things that he's going through, I think tells a better story to get him to Brock because Brock is this ultimate bully. He's this monster and yep. Rollins and Rollins, I think would match up really well with Brock. And I think that with Heyman involved, they could really tell um, a, a good story of Rollins trying to get back to the promised land, do it for his best friend who's sick while he's, you know, all the things that he's gone through. I just think it, it makes for a better story. I'm going to go with Seth Rollins winning the 2019. I'm, a, I'm asking this question. Obviously this is nothing. Either one of us could answer is just something both of us can ponder with. Yeah. Reigns. What role does Reigns have from rumble to mania? Well, does he have? Does he have any role? Does he have the role? Because I've I've heard the scenario of like the, oh four, uh, one with the Eddie and Ray. Like they they might want to reenact that with Dude, the, the curtain call. My brother and I just talked about that recently. Yeah, yeah he I think he heard the same thing too. Yeah. Um, which would be a nice visual, um, and would make for a good moment for yeah. for for Rollins in victory, um. I've heard the I've heard rumors that they wanted to include Reigns's illness into the storyline with Brock and, that's and Rollins. That's a tough one. That's a slippery slope. That's a hard one to navigate, and I think that that would they would have to do it in a in a. It'd be very hard to do it in a way where it doesn't offend people. Or it exactly. doesn't, it, it has but, to be a cla- has to be done in a very classy way. Yeah, and so. Um, I feel like if Reigns does have a role in this, depending on his health, depending on how... Yeah, there's so many factors yeah, that... I think his health is obviously first and foremost at the, at the top of the list in terms of what he would be able to do or if he would want to do anything. I think, honestly, name-dropping him and his illness is bad enough. 
if you insert him too much into the story while he's still out, you run the risk of your fan base and your audience questioning whether he was really sick in the first place and they were doing this do for a storyline. So yeah, you you, you're really running that slippery slope of, of of creating that negative backlash from your fan base and the media as well. Um, so if there is any kind of role he has on if Rollins is the guy that's going to go face Brock at Mania for the belt if Reigns has any kind of role in this situation he's either sitting at ringside watching the match or he's sitting at commentary watching the match or he comes out at the end at the top of the ramp and celebrates a Rollins and raises his hand and hugs him and then yeah. that's when they have that moment I can't see him being in Rollins corner to counteract Heyman um, I spear Heyman yeah I can't I, I like I said you run the risk of your fan base being like wait a minute did they make up the cancer thing just so that they can create some kind of sympathy and some some in this storyline I, I think it's I think it's something that they've obviously um I would imagine, I would guess that they obviously have pondered this thought and that question, but that's where I stand when it comes to any kind of role Reigns could have if they go the direction of Rollins. Yeah. And if not Rollins, Brock. give a second. Um, obviously Braun or McIntyre. I'd say McIntyre would probably be the the easy second there um, when it comes to uh, you know winning the Royal Rumble because of the path that his character has been on. Yeah. Um, I really don't see any. If there's one guy on the SmackDown side that I could see winning the Royal Rumble, I would venture to guess it's probably The Miz. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know where you're going with this, but I'm assuming it's The Miz. I mean, they've hey, they've had, they, they, they got him involved in this stuff with Shane McMahon. He's got this loose, this loose affiliation with Daniel Bryan based on those two characters' histories. With Daniel Bryan's new Daniel Bryan persona and Miz kind of gaining some more popularity, I, I, I could see... Maybe a little bit of a role reversal where Miz wins the Royal Rumble and challenges Daniel Bryan for the title at WrestleMania, and he's the good guy. That'd be crazy. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> That'd be yeah. crazy. Yeah, thought. it would be one of those hell freezes over kind of situations. But that's where I stand when it comes to uh, the Royal Rumble. Once again, thank you so much Absolutely. for uh, bookending this, uh, this second place is the first loser Royal Rumble runner-up retrospective. I know that's a lot to, <laughs> wow, to, to digest um, in, the, uh, in that title. Uh, next week... We go, we go in the form of a watch-along. As uh, I'm going to sit down and uh, watch the 1994 Royal Rumble match. We'll be approaching the silver anniversary 25 years ago to the date that uh, Bret the Hitman Hart and Lex Luger became the first and only two competitors to be co-winners of the Royal Rumble match. So have your WWE Network fired up and ready to go. We're not going to watch the whole Rumble event because I think it's a little bit too long, but we're going uh, to have a little fun with a Royal Rumble match match watch along from 1994 and before we wrap things up this week allow me to remind you guys that you can also find me on marking out the days resuming my co-hosting duties with my fellow retrosexual kobe Knight from retromania as kicking out at two and retromania continue this collaboration of retro pro wrestling discussions at its finest where we mark out with with important and not so important moments that have taken place in the world of professional wrestling on the given date that the show actually drops. So if you're listening to this today, January the 16th, which is a Wednesday, you can find Marking Out the Days 
tomorrow, January the 17th, on a Thursday. You can find it on iTunes. You can find it on moholradio.com. You can find it on blogspot, or I'm sorry, retromania.blogspot.com, as well as you can find it on the, the Kicking Out at 2 SoundCloud stream over on uh, soundcloud.com. So uh, the date we're going to discuss is January the 17th, and a lot is taking place in the world of wrestling on January the 17th. And Kobe and I are going to give you the good, the bad, and the ugly while we mark out and uh, discuss uh, some memorable moments like uh, a Piper's Pit, for instance, that took place in 1987. We're going to discuss a few birthdays, some Raw, some episodes of Monday Night Raw, an episode of Monday Nitro, a god-awful WCW pay-per-view event called Sold Out 1999. We cover it all on January the 17th, so stay tuned for that later this week at all the podcast platforms I had just previously mentioned. All right. I think it's about that time that we really... Once again, we're not putting the show down for the three count this week because this is a special Royal Rumble-themed show this week. So, by all means, allow me to take this show and throw it over the top rope and make sure both feet excuse me, hit the floor, and we will see you all next week.